Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Hey, we're super excited that you joined us today on the Inside Track on Real Estate. And today we're going to explain some of the differences between RRSPs and investing in real estate. And to do that, I brought in my young expert here. Hello. And you are? Ryan Decker. Yes, and I'm Ken Decker. And Ryan actually has a three-year business diploma. Yeah, in finance. In finance. And so he knows a little bit about mutual funds and stocks Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And you've been a real estate agent for how long? Uh, seven years. Seven years. How long have you been a real estate investor? Uh, nine years. Nine years. Uh, awesome. So you've got a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. So that's why I brought you on the show awesome. today. Well, thanks for having me. It's <laughs> going to be fun. It is. So are RRSPs a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, that's a weird question. That is a right? very weird question. Okay. So my thought on it is Yes. The answer is yeah, yes. That's a good answer. I, I think that they're overused to an extent, mm. and they're used at the wrong time. And I know I'm. And let me just put a disclosure here: I am not a financial planner. I don't have any designations, so don't believe anything I say on this show. Okay, <laughs> but take it with a grain of salt and decide whether you want to do some research mm. or if what I'm saying makes some common sense. Then maybe you can make a decision on your own. So. Do I have RSPs? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say they're good and they're bad. The reason I say they're bad is they're misunderstood. Some people buy RSPs when they're in a very low tax bracket. And the idea of an RSP is you can buy it when you're in a high tax bracket and save some tax, actually defer that tax. Mm-hmm. And then it grows sheltered under the RSP umbrella. And then when you remove money from the RSP, you'll pay it at your then taxable rate. And the idea is that you're going to pull that money out when you have less income. But with my plan, I plan on having more income. So it kind of, it kind of ruins the, uh, the RSP benefit of removal because when you remove it, it's full tax mm-hmm. at full tax rate. It's brought at, out as income. Yeah, brought out as income at your highest tax level that you're at because it adds on to your income. No matter what it was invested in, yes. which is important. Yes, no matter what it was invested in. Now, the other thing with RSPs that I think is poor is some people, well, when I say some people, I mean banks. Hmm. Banks promote RRSP loans, especially at this time of year. Mid-January, February, that's when the marketing comes out. Oh, top up your RSPs because that is... What they want people to do is kind of do emergency thing. Oh, I can save some taxes from last year if I put it in now. And an RSP loan, the interest on it is not tax writable. It's not tax. Can you say that better than I just said it? Tax writable? (laughs) You can't write it off. Right. You can't write the interest off on an RSP loan because what you invested in gave you a tax savings. If you invest in the same product outside of an RSP and take a loan, you could write the interest off as a tax deduction. Okay. The other thing is those interest loans, the loans you're, the loan payment you're paying, 
really what would have been way better was the year before you put in monthly what that payment was going to be and then you take advantage of dollar cost averaging dollar cost averaging just means that you buy monthly or weekly or mm-hmm. bi-weekly whenever you get your paycheck and what it does is it averages over time the price of whatever you're buying whether it's an index fund which mm-hmm. is probably I like index yeah what we'd recommend but well, we're not recommending <laughs> that's true because we're not licensed <laughs> okay so if i was to invest in an rsp i would go with an indexed fund mm-hmm. now the beauty with dollar cost averaging is when it's a little higher cuz the market fluctuates right the mm-hmm. the uh, stock market fluctuates Absolutely. everybody can agree on that it's got a heartbeat and it, it <laughs> likes to move it's an erratic heartbeat yeah. too now that dollar cost averaging what happens is when you pay more for that share or mutual fund mm-hmm. what happens is you buy less of them and then when the price is lower you're putting in the same amount of money so you're actually buying more so your average cost over time is mm-hmm. lower and i know that may sound really confusing and i can draw out an example when we when we're together at some point but on the radio it's really hard to draw mm-hmm. that example so now what a lot of people are just catching on to is the TFSA the tax free savings account mm. it's actually a better investment vehicle i believe than RSP because the after tax effects mm-hmm. because you don't get a tax free tax benefit when you put in it so especially if you're a low tax bracket now TFSA is a great place to put your money because when you're in a higher tax bracket and you pull it out there's zero tax on that money because mm-hmm. it was already money you paid on and also your growth there's zero tax on the growth which mm-hmm. is awesome and one of the big misconceptions with a TFSA is that it has to be in a savings account but it doesn't it can be in anything that your RSP is in mm-hmm. so they're they have the same rules as far as what you can invest in right exactly and that's one of the misunderstandings cuz a lot of people don't want to put their money in just a bank account in a you know savings account which is going to give them a quarter half percent maybe even 3/4% interest less than inflation less than inflation so you're losing buying power every year yes so you're not losing money mm-hmm. but your money's losing buying power mm-hmm. for sure now the other thing with what i find with rsps is it becomes kind of uh what's the word simple easy once you get in the habit of doing it mm-hmm. and sometimes we forget about it and we put all our eggs in one basket so all of our retirement fund goes into one basket mm-hmm. now sometimes people are hedged with that because they buy a house that they live in and they pay it down and they pay it down over time and then that becomes part of their retirement package or part of your retirement package mm-hmm. almost accidentally so you've diversified so you're in the stock market and you're in real estate now what i've found is that for me putting more money in real estate than i have in the stock market is safer for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. What have you found? Um yeah, real estate to me is easy. <laughs> I know that was your question. Right? Yeah. Real estate been very very good to very me. Very good to me. Very good to me. <laughs> okay. So let's look at some of the differences and so what i like is diversification. Keep keep some in in the in the stock market. maybe keep some in real estate maybe keep a, some in cash mm-hmm. cash is important mm-hmm. 
Because when you have cash, you can take advantage of opportunities. When you're cash poor, you can't. Right. And also, it, it leaves you in a different mind uh, headspace. Mm. And so, when you have some cash in the bank and you're not worried about, you know, I got to get my paycheck, I got to get my paycheck. Well, then you're worrying about, hey, what can I invest in? Hey, what can I do with the kids? There's more freedom of space for your life. Because and so, having that cash saved, although it's not making a rate of return, it's adding significantly to your life and your possibilities. Right. And the other great thing is with a TFSA, you can put cash into a savings account, mm-hmm. uh, very low interest, and you won't pay tax on that interest. And it's liquid. You can pull it out quite easily. Now, you have to wait a year before you can put it back in. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more liquid than an RSP would be. Because RSPs, people put it in there, they're really nervous about taking any out, right? Because you've got to pay tax on it as soon as you take it out. So for that reason, the RSP is kind of a good system because people put it in there and then they're afraid to take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. So Now, I want to talk a little bit about this automatic. You sure. said a little bit about it. So in investing, the easiest way to become a millionaire or become wealthy is automatically mm-hmm. because then you can't mess it up. Now, Which somebody wrote really a book, great. right? Yep. David Bach. Uh, the automatic millionaire? David Bach? David, David, David uh, Bach. Bach, yep. yep. Canadian guy. Yeah. Canadian author. And uh, it's called The Automatic Millionaire, and he's got three or four of them. Really great book. And it talks about how if you're going to invest in RSPs, make it automatic. Have it come directly out of your account. You never have to look at it. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you're old and gray like me. (laughs) Um, Uh, Not much gray on there. No, no, there really is. A little bit of thinning, maybe. Um, (laughs) Nice. Thanks. Um, Then you have this big goose egg that's... uh, Goose egg? Yeah. Yeah, we we'll call, call it that, it goose golden egg. goose egg, that's yep. um, grown over time, and uh, it's going to keep compounding. It's fantastic. What I love about a house is it has the same components, mm. but it doesn't even come out of your bank account so much. You don't see it. You don't feel it. So as you're paying down the mortgage, that's automatically investing into your future. And which you'd be paying rent anyways. Which you'd be your paying own rent principal. anyways. Right. But the beauty is with a tenant... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you buy a property, 300000 a townhouse. Is this your home or your... No, for a rent- rental. Okay. Okay. So on a $300,000 unit, if you put 20% down, that's 60000 You got a mortgage of about 240000 Okay. Correct? That mortgage runs you at today's interest rate about 1100 Sure. Give or take. We're doing generalities here. About 500 to $600 of that mortgage payment that the Mm -hmm. tenant's paying because they're paying more than the Mm -hmm. mortgage payment because they cover the taxes and insurance um, goes as a pay down on the mortgage Mm -hmm. amount that you owe. So it's like you're putting $600 in the bank every month Mm -hmm. automatically. And every year as the mortgage goes down, you start to pay more principal and less interest payments. That's true. So that amount continues to grow exponentially until it's all principal payments at the end. Of eleven, the last payment, the last payment well, has a little bit of interest and all. Right, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, personally, with my investment strategy right now, mm-hmm. I'm not paying off any properties, and we'll talk about that on a maybe on another show. Mm-hmm. So today, so we got com- cash flow with the real estate, and we're going to compare kind of RSPs, investments. I'm not done. Oh, there's more. Me. So not only do you have the mortgage pay down and the little bit of cash flow which comes to you automatically if it's a rental, you also have the equity increase of the property. 
And so you've got three places where you're making um, automatic money. So it's, it's that, you know, you sleep and you make money, you brush your teeth, you make money, you go to work, well, you're making two times money now, work and your automatic stuff. And so it really compounds. If you're going to, you know, use RSPs, do it automatically. If you're going to do real estate, well, it is automatic, which is mm-hmm. what I love about it. It's really yeah. hard to... And Robert Kiyosaki, who's one of our favorite authors, mm-hmm. he talks about multiple streams of income. Right. So if you have RSP money that's in stocks and bonds that's growing, but also maybe you put some in um, chips, blue, they call them blue chip, I think, or something like that. Anyways, like I said, I'm not an investor. and <laughs> I am an investor, but I'm not an expert. Um, so something that pays dividends, so that's paying dividends out. So that's a stream of income. Your rental is paying rental income. That's a stream of income. Mm-hmm. And your job is a stream of income. Now, most people want to eventually get rid of their job mm-hmm. or maybe open a, a business. But your job right now is your investor. Think of it as your investor because it, it creates the cash flow to invest in these other mm-hmm. income streams, which could be a business, could be real estate, could be stocks mm-hmm. or mutual funds. And what I've found um, is in my own real estate investing career, I find it really easy to build equity and a lot harder to build my cash flow streams. Mm-hmm. And so for some people, they're the opposite. Cash flow is no problem, but building that equity is harder for them. And usually in real estate, it's one or the other that grows faster, depending on the models you go with. And so the models I like are obviously the equity increase because... Mm-hmm. Now we help easy. people with that, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because we do an assessment of their, their investment needs and desires to find out whether they're looking for cash flow, mm-hmm. they need extra money. And the problem is with cash flow is generally if you've got a lot of cash flow, it's taxable. But if you've got low income, getting taxable income is not a big problem. No. And it'll allow you to get more houses later anyways. Right. So it all plays into the picture. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got lots of cash flow now and you don't need cash flow, then putting money in something that equity growth is a smarter plan because it's building wealth, but it's, it's sheltered until you sell it. And then when you sell it, it's preferential tax. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. So now real estate cash flows or mm-hmm. cannot depends mm-hmm. on your, your purchasing, way you purchase it, mm-hmm. um, what the market's doing, where you purchase it. And the nice thing is, you know, in advance whether it's going to cash flow or not. So you're in mm-hmm. 100% control of that. Now, I want to just add a caveat here. Absolutely. There are things that can go wrong. Yes, your tenant if you mismanage, if you get a bad tenant, if uh, like there's all sorts of things yeah. that can you can go chase wrong. out a good tenant by mismanaging, right? Not looking after your property, or if you don't maintain it, your property can deteriorate, and then you're going to have a loss based mm-hmm. on that. So there, it's not just you have real estate and you know everything's dandy. There's you still got to no. do stuff. It's an active investment, right? And then. Dividends on uh, mutual funds or stocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. The issue with dividends is someone else's control of when they issue those. Mm-hmm. And that's the board of directors or whatever. They decide, okay, based on the profitability, we're going to issue a certain dividend on our shares. Right. And you really can't um, count on that. No, you can't count on it. Plus, they might decide, oh, we're going to keep that, invest in our 
and our company for more, more growth or new research and development. And that will then, there'll be no dividends paid. And their goal is to increase the equity or the, the value of the share. But that may or may not happen. Mm. The, the big thing to know is you're not in control of that at all. You're in control of who you buy and when you sell them, but that's it. Um, now, the second thing is leverage. Uh, leverage is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I love leverage. You love leverage. Why do you love you do leverage? leverage? Tell me about that. Uh, so leverage, um, have you ever heard the saying, to make money, you need money? And if you don't have money, find someone else who has money and you can make money off their money. Yes, but the second part of that sentence you don't usually hear. You don't. Why not? Because people like to stay in their stuckness mm-hmm. and they, they want to say, oh, oh yeah, but you got to have money to make money like that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an ex- sexy excuse. It is a sexy excuse. Yeah. However, we're about breaking excuses. Yes. Because the more excuses you break, the more you can do, the more you can achieve, and the more you can give. So let's talk a little bit about leverage. Um, other people's money. That may sound like, oh, I don't have any money. I need to go to a friend. But no. that's not true. No, don't borrow money from your friends. No? You want to keep them? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so the easiest place to go is the bank. They've got you know great rates of uh, interest. Or a mortgage broker. Or a mortgage broker. Who shops uh, the banks. Who shops the banks and does better for you. Thank you for catching that. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's actually quite easy to get other people's money as long as you've got good credit and good income and uh, have a good property that they mm-hmm. can lend on. So now one of the things that happened in the Great Depression was leverage. Mm where the stock market crashed and many people lost their whole livelihood because in the early 20s, they called it the roaring 20s, things were going crazy, the stock market was increasing rapidly and people were borrowing. So usually two times is kind of what you can do. So if you put 100000 in, they'll say, okay, you can buy $200,000 worth of shares because they feel relatively safe. You're going to pay some interest on that money. The difficulty is as soon as, if those shares start to decrease in value and they start to get close to worth the hundred thousand, mm-hmm. they're going to make you liquidate. Yeah, because they want their money. They don't want to lose. They want their money back. So if it went down in half and you had to liquidate, you lose all your money and the person that loaned it keeps all their money. Mm-hmm. Now with real estate, you can actually do five times leverage. You mm-hmm. might even be able to do more depending on the situation, but that's what we do. We talk about in our consultations. Mm-hmm. But 20% down is pretty much the minimum if you're just straight out buying an investment property. 20 to 25, yeah. Yeah. So at 20%, it's five times leverage. Mm-hmm. At 25% down, it's four times leverage. Mm-hmm. Still great. So if real estate historically in Ottawa has gone up about 4.5% over the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so 4.5% times five or times four, if it's times five, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Uh, twenty. It's about twenty-five percent. It's it's about twenty-two, twenty-three percent, right? That's only one avenue that real estate goes up. Then you've got the mortgage pay down, and you got the cash flow. You add all those things together. Typically, our clients are doing twenty-five to thirty percent in their first year or yeah. two. I like to tell people eighteen. Okay. And then because the first year you're more leveraged, and then as you pay it down, the leverage decreases, which is okay. Um, and that will also lower the rate of return. Not the amount of money you're making, but just the rate of return. 
And so I like to tell people 18% mm-hmm. is what you can um, do your numbers on. Doesn't mean you'll receive that based mm-hmm. on misery. No guarantees. And, you know, the market. And sometimes you'll receive more than that. But yep. if 18 is attractive to you, then we need to sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. And speaking of sitting down and talk, one of the things we've done for many of our clients is we, we've mentored them. Mm-hmm. And mentorship really means, hey, we're going to help you. First of all, we're going to do a consultation. And it's free mentorship. That's the awesome part. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit down. We're going to do a free consultation. And then we're going to determine what the best way forward is for you. And then we're going to assist you in finding the right property, negotiating on that property, great mm-hmm. terms for a, a rental property. We're going to assist you in finding a tenant if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Or we'll get you connected with a manager or, yep. or a property manager. And we're going to walk you through that whole process what things to improve a property to increase the value, and how to build wealth in real estate. And that mentorship is kind of priceless. Mm-hmm. Like, so we don't charge for it. That's cool. It's priceless and it's free. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's so, always neat um, because I've been in it seven years now, which may not sound like a long time, but it is to me. And um, <laughs> I have clients that I helped purchase their first investment property seven years ago, and now they're on their third or fourth. And they're following the model we put out. They're on track for the goals they want in the next 15, 20 years. Um, it's really cool to be able to journey with people mm-hmm. and just see that, you know, you know yeah. it's working. And you also have me. And I have you. As a backup plan. That's true. <laughs> backup plan. Um, and I've been doing this for 25 years, investing in real estate, mm-hmm. and have, you know, made over a million dollars in real estate easily, maybe a couple million dollars in real estate over those years and so we can help you learn how to do the same as we did Mm -hmm. yeah and also learn from our mistakes because we haven't (laughs) done them perfectly so i wanted to ask you that on air (laughs) i'm gonna get in trouble um what was the the mistake the biggest mistake you made in investing in real estate what was that one that you're like dang it why did i do that there's been a couple one was one where i bailed out a client bought it Thought I'd put some money into it, change it from baseboard heat to forest air, change the flooring, mm-hmm. put new trim, one. put like, a, I don't know, months of labor into it. And when all was said and done, I broke even. Mm-hmm. So I bought that as a flip to help the client out, but also to do it as a flip. I thought I could make money on it. I actually broke even. Even I didn't get paid for my labor of working on it. So that was one mistake I made. So I've, I've become a buy and hold kind of person. Mm-hmm. The other mistake, slight mistake, is uh, I bought three properties over a few years, made a, a good amount of money on them, and then sold them mm-hmm. to buy a business. Now, is it a mistake? Well, not really, because the business now is, is returning uh, money, passive income. It's another income stream, and I've bought more real estate to replace it. And that being said... What I paid for those properties, they've gone up significantly since I sold them 15 years ago mm-hmm. and uh, would have been a great thing to hang on to. Mm-hmm. So selling a little too early. And I've seen that with some of my clients too. They get the shiny object syndrome. Like my brother at my advice bought three condos in, in B.C., relatively inexpensive it was with a drop in condos and a couple years later he sold them bought a convertible mercedes and enjoyed the cash 
And now he's kicking himself because real estate's gone through the roof in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that type of thing is where I find people um, have problems. The other problem I did was I didn't vet the tenant properly. Mm. I listened to their kind of their, I'll call it a sob story. It's not really a sob story. They were, they were under some hard luck. And I decided to rent to them in spite of that. Mm. And that cost me. Okay. So my biggest mistake, now that you've asked. <laughs> you have I'll a mistake? I, I got one. Okay, tell um, me your biggest mistake. I have two, actually. Uh, one is um, I had an issue with um, a piece of the building, and I didn't fix it quick enough, so it cost me more later. Mm. So when there's a, a maintenance issue, just fix it. Just get it done. That was a, a minor mistake, but a mistake I learned from. And then the next mistake would be... Um, I didn't count the cost appropriately. So I did uh, a triplex, a big uh, renovation in every unit. And I thought, hey, this isn't going to take me any time at all. And uh, it'll take me, you know, like no money at all. And um, so that was my first big renovation Mm -hmm. one. And that one cost me uh, a lot more time, a lot more money. I'm still going to make great money on it. And it's still been a great investment. But it was just counting the cost wrong. Um, is hard on the family because they expect something, and, and your, your time investment yourself. was and the probably time a lot investment more was than a lot you higher. It was going to be. And so, really getting clear on this is what I want to do, and what's the cost, and what does mm-hmm. it look like, um, is Some, important. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to buy a turnkey property right. and just start cash flowing, and it's a lot more passive than buy something that needs a lot of work. Right. Actually, I did that with one property uh, in Kempville. It's a multi-unit, like twelve units. And we renovated every unit mm-hmm. to the tune of forty to fifty thousand dollars each unit. Mm-hmm. And the first few years it was a cash, not a cash cow. What do you call something that, that, that takes cash? <laughs> takes all your cash. It just took cash and <laughs> a cash money and pit. Cash. A money pit. That's it. And now it's it's returning, and it's cash flowing significant amount of money. It's going up in value, and it's less headaches now than it was at the beginning because it was in very poor condition, poor tenants. So I've increased the value by increasing the rent, increasing the quality of tenant, and increasing the quality of the, each yeah. unit. Yeah, so so just understanding that cost is mm-hmm. huge. So we've, uh, we've done about half the show in 98% of the time. That's pretty cool. Eh? Sounds about right. <laughs> How did we manage to squeeze all that in? Yeah, I don't know. So... I think the the point of today's show is that real estate, look at it. Look Mm -hmm. at it seriously as an investment alternative or an option in your portfolio. And if you're going to look at it, you can take the hard road and learn all the lessons that we learned. Mm -hmm. Or you can come into our mentorship program. It's free. Just call us and book an appointment. 613 eight six zero four six six three and we'll sit down with you we'll spend what usually about an hour mm-hmm. and draw out a lot of information help you in direction whether it's now or it's for the future because mm-hmm. it does take a bit of money to get into real estate investing absolutely mm-hmm. any last words of wisdom before we say goodbye to my, my last words of wisdom is um, real estate compounds, and the quicker you do it, the better. 
And so if you're contemplating, you know, I want to invest in real estate, but maybe a little bit later, maybe I'll figure out it next year. Just come, learn, get educated, get prepared so you can buy as soon as possible. Okay. And on that note, I'll say my favorite saying, and that's don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait.